Joe, it is always great to catch up with you. You're going to be a big part of our lives here for the next month. And, you know, you wrote about this recently. <laughs> Your relationship with Syracuse fans the past couple of years has been interesting, to say the least. But here they are again, right smack dab on the bubble in the middle of that conversation. So, Joe, at the very least, we're making it interesting for you here in central New York. Yeah, I used to think, uh, you know, what, what is it? What's wrong with me? You know, that, that I keep getting into this love-hate relationship with the same school. You know, it's like fatal attraction. Uh, you know, the, the, the Q's nation, this love-hate, like they love to hate me. And, and then I think to myself, well, there's 351 schools. How can this same one be, like, like last four in, first four out every year? Like... That's got to be some kind of mathematical anomaly. Yet, here we are, Valentine's Day, and that's right where the orange fruit. It's it's instead of Groundhog Day, it's 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 the Valentine's Day nightmare, and and we're back. That's exactly baby. what it is. <laughs> and I just saw my shadow, and we have six more weeks of bronchitology. Fantastic! I can't, I can't take it. I love it. So, Joe, uh, you know, on that realm. Look, there's got to be a lot of fans that you interact with, certainly, the closer we get to the bracket. But are Syracuse fans the most vocal that you would think that in your Twitter timeline, interacting with you, you know, good, bad, and ugly? Who who are the schools that really come at you? Actually, the ones that are coming at, coming at me this year are uh, Michigan State, uh, Nebraska. Cuse has been pretty tame. Uh, maybe, maybe they're just waiting to pounce. But... Uh, you know, we'll know a lot more after games like tonight, right? This is a big-time bubble game uh, uh, with the Orange playing, you know, an NC State team that I have on the last four in. So I don't think it's unreasonable to say the result of this game could be status quo or they could flip-flop. So Syracuse right now, first four out. You mentioned how big this game is tonight with NC State. You know, we hear terms this time of the year, Joe, like control your own destiny. But it seems to me with Syracuse having four quadrant one wins remaining, they really kind of do control their own destiny. They win some big games here and continue to impress what we think the new selection committee standards are. Then, you know, it's all kind of laid out in front of them. Whereas I, I feel last year they were kind of behind the game. I, I agree with that. Uh, didn't help me get them correct. <laughs> you know, but... Full disclosure. Um, so, you know, if you really want to know what's going to happen this year, just find out what I say and, you know, do the opposite. Run the other way. Uh, but but you're right. You know, they have the big win at Louisville. And at least in the new first column, that's what we've got. Uh, so opportunity here can be a double-edged sword. Uh, I don't know that after tonight how many of those games, you know, Miami way, Duke way, Carolina and even Clemson at home, that, that Syracuse will be favored in, right? They might not be favored in any of them. Probably won't be favored in any of them. And the game at BC, you know, might be 50-50 or just a couple of points. So, you know, yes, it's an opportunity, but uh, it could also be, you know, a complete disaster. Uh, uh, but, but at least then we'll know, right? If, if they end up like 7-11 and 11 or whatever, in, in the league, and they're not going to get in, and, and they won't have earned it. And only the diest of the diehards would, you know, say that they deserve it at that point. 
Joe, what's some advice you can give Syracuse fans on how to track this stuff? Because, you know, we get questions all the time about, well, if they have 20 wins or nine conference wins, it seems like people are looking for some kind of parameters. And that's not really how it works, right? What's the best advice you can give people on things to track? Is it the Quadrant One wins this year? What is it in 2018 that we really should be honing in on? If we learned anything from the preview over the weekend, you know, when the committee gave us its top four seeds in each region, they, they, they do seem to, to be in love with their new toy a bit, the, the new quadrant system. And for those unfamiliar, column one used to be teams, wins over teams, 1 to 50 in the RPI. And now they've made a sliding scale depending on where the game is. So, you know, if it's a road game, it can be in the first column, it's 1 to 75. Neutral, 1 to 50. And home, you know, 1 to 35. So uh, that's probably a good idea as far as it goes. In, in, in terms of identifying the best wins on a team schedule. Uh, so that's an issue. And, and they also talked a lot about uh, wins away from home. Uh, Bruce Rasmussen, the chair this year, made a point of saying, you know, the four number one seeds were combined 40 and eight uh, away from home. Last time I checked, Syracuse was four and five, which is, you know, not a dangerously bad record. I mean, Road teams in college basketball lose 70% of the time for a reason because it's hard to win on the road. Uh, but, but certainly, you, you know, they, they need to add one or two big-time wins uh, to their resume to have a real chance on Selection Sunday. ESPN Bracketologist Joe Lenardi is our guest here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. The Orange with a big matchup tonight in that realm against NC State. Joe, uh, right now, uh, you, you mentioned those quadrant systems and, and how we're kind of getting used to that and, and got the preview this past weekend. How has that changed your approach and how you're putting your bracketology together, if at all? It hasn't changed very much. Uh, I mean, I've changed my own columns to reflect that, but had always had my own way of measuring uh, quality wins based on the site of the game and more a composite ranking of the than strictly RPI, and I take it a step further. I measure uh, the, the the number of opportunities each team has, and then how they perform as a percentage of those opportunities. You know, because you, you you'll get teams that might have 15 games against those in the field or close to it, and another that might have five. Well, if you just count total wins, which unfortunately I think the committee does maybe to an unhealthy extent, uh, the, the, the teams in the non-power leagues are obviously going to be disadvantaged. But, you know, if I collect 80% of the opportunities, uh, you know, and I have six of those games, and, and another school has 16 of them and collects only 40% of the opportunities, well, I think you at least have to look at it as what, what accounts for the difference. And... You know, that gets into the whole debate that I've championed between the high-quality nerd majors and what I call the middling majors. And, and that's, you know, a category that Syracuse has been in uh, probably more often than they'd like in recent years. And, and I think as a group, the committee is still overvaluing those middling majors. The new numbers might help a little bit in that regard, but, you know, the overwhelmingly skewed nature of the process is in favor of the power league. 
Joe, you've got nine teams in right now from the ACC. Obviously, that can change as we go forward here, but one way or the other, it is going to be really fun to watch how the ACC plays out here because there is a giant logjam in the middle, and this could really break a number of ways based on on how it goes. But, you know, it's a month away. It, it's, you know, not anything definitive at this point, but do you? Th- how strongly do you feel that the ACC could get nine teams in given how jammed it is at this point? Uh, I think it's probable. Uh, I don't think it'll go up because if anybody slides out, like an NC State, somebody's going to take their place. Uh, you know, if I had a bet, would it go up to 10 or go down to 8, I would bet the under, uh, if, if only because more teams tend to play their way out than in late in the year. Uh, you know, they run out of gas, they, they have injuries, they weren't that good in the first place, et cetera. Uh, but but I, I really believe they'll get nine, uh, and I think that's the right number for the league that has been this season. Kind of the same question on the top seeds, because it's been interesting to watch college basketball this year. There's a lot of really good teams, but it doesn't seem like anybody's kind of separated from the pack. So right now it's Virginia, Villanova, Xavier, and Purdue. You know, of the teams on the two-line, Auburn, Kansas, Cincinnati, Duke, is anybody really going to make a move for that one spot, or, or do you feel that it's probable, I'll use that word again, that those four teams are going to hold the line given if they if they you know continue to win and, and take care of business? Well, it's funny. There are two teams on the committee's three line from the weekend preview that I believe should be twos, uh, and that would be Michigan State and Texas Tech, both of which scored impressive victories last night, particularly Michigan State. I think when at their best, the Spartans still have the most ways to beat you. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they end up on the top line come Selection Sunday because I think deep down they may be the closest thing we have to a great team when they're firing on all cylinders. And, and, and as for Texas Tech, you know, this is a team that is a game up on Kansas in a very good Big 12 and, and a game in hand, essentially, because they've won the first meeting with Kansas, you know, they could break what's been a, what, 13-year stranglehold of that league by the Jayhawks. And i got to think, if you win the Big 12, and you win the Big 12 tournament, you come to it, that if that doesn't get you a one seed, then I don't know what we're doing. Joe, there was a great line in a movie once, uh, we just can't quit you. And it's going to be the case again down down the road here as Syracuse is going to be riding that bubble and we'll be following along closely. And hopefully we, we behave ourselves on Twitter. Uh, you know, you just uh, you know ride that storm as best as you can. You know how passionate Syracuse fans will be. But it should be fun. And I can't tell you how much we appreciate your time and your perspective here today. Well, thanks, Brett. Here's what I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for, for them to, like, Win their next three or four games and take us both off the hook. There you go. Now we're talking, but it can't do. It can't be the easy way. I think you just jinxed yourself. No, and right it there. won't be. <laughs> Joe, thank you so much. We'll catch up soon. You bet, Brent. Thanks a lot. All right, Joe.